99 bottles of beer on the wall, 99 bottles of beer. Take one down, pass it around, 98 bottles of beer on the wall. Episode 62, and it's me, Gary Parsons, and of course, the prof, Carl Riley. Howdy. It's Wednesday morning here, Gary. We should be heading to Copenhagen right now. Imagine, imagine the scenes. Imagine, I'm not even going to get into it. Hindsight is a is a bastard, it really is. It's the one that got away, isn't it? The one that got away. I'm going to be seeing that. Do you know what we'll talk about in a while? Because I'm just going to get frustrated talking about what could have been, but jam-packed show. This week, we're going to review our trip to Stockholm and a massive win in Waterford just three days later. And Sligo coming up on Friday, so massive couple of games coming up. And uh, we'll discuss what we think will happen in the next couple of weeks. We have Aidan Price and Andy Moyler last week. I really enjoyed that one, Prof. Yeah, you loved the, the story about Superdocs dance moves in Belgrade. That is one of my most favourite stories of all time as regards to Rovers. I mean, it, it, was, it was genius of Magilton to, to use that. It's like sometimes people go above and beyond what they should do. <clears throat> Excellent. What a, what a show from the Jilton. I can see some people thinking that was a bad idea. Mm, yeah, I could well, at the time, I mean. Uh, yeah, I could yeah. see. But listen, like, everybody but cracked genius. up and it was genius, yeah. I can't remember. If, maybe Pat Flynn mentioned that on the show. It seems like we would have remembered. I I definitely would have remembered that. Definitely. Yeah. But I, I, I didn't hear that one before. And um, yeah, so it was well received. And once again, thanks to the lads, uh, Pricer and Andy Moyler for coming on. We're still discussing our next monthly madness. Uh, I put some, I put up a show on Instagram for some suggestions. People said, of course, Twiggy and Baker, which we've worked on before. We will work on it again. Pain in the face working yeah, on it. Pain stage. in the face working on trying to get the lads in. Yeah, we'll, we'll get them in eventually. And we, Paul Dunster, don't who reminded us. Of our old song, he said, who's that? I think he's over the hill. It's Andy Moyler. It's Andy Moyler. And uh, Andy was telling us some old stories from all his goals. He was actually quite honest, in fairness, because some <laughs> of the accounts from the fans were a bit um, exaggerated. Yeah. And he, he shot them down. For the picture on uh, SoundCloud, I used a great pic of them at the, the Player of the Year Award in 2006. Yeah, that, that, looked, that looked like the fans, more, yeah. to be honest. They're all in playing clothes and... Price is holding the first vision trophy. And you see Miner sticking his head in. So last Wednesday morning ourselves and Connor Foley flew to Heathrow and then we were on to Stockholm and Sweden. Mark and Catherine Lynch were on the same flight. There was a, a bit of a lack of there was a lack of hoops on that flight in fairness. I thought it'd be jam packed. I think the competition winner was on it too. Yeah, he was. He was. He was mm. to the left of Connor. He was sitting beside Connor. But um we booked that pretty much straight away, so we were uh, thrown through Heathrow Origi- originally we were going direct but then it, it, that, that fl- it got cancelled and then they put us through Heathrow so it was no big deal only a couple of, a couple of hours took an hour and a half off our flight and uh, 
we bumped into WWE wrestler Edge. That was bizarre. We were having a point, right? We are just sitting there having a point. And Connor goes, there's Edge. It's like, no, it's not. So we went over and said, listen, give us a picture. He says, yeah, no, probably he's working on the set of Vikings. So that was a good start to the, to the trip. Yeah, he looks the part, do he? He does, yeah. He, he Nice guy as well. Was willing to have a quick chat. A guy I'm working with at the moment, uh, he had just started in the job only like three days ago. And then Vikings called him and said, right, we, we can hire you until the end of uh, November. End of November. And he's in there agonizing about it now. So he's wondering what to do. I think he said no though. Could he do both? He called it back and he's like, can I come back in August? Oh God. <laughs> he looks like a proper Viking now, I must say. He, he belongs in the role. And, uh, yeah, so when we got there, uh, the second we got off the bus, blasted with the heat. It was roasting. Like an oven. Yeah, but it was one of those things when you get off the bus and you're just like, you know what, it's going to be a good one. The sun is beating down. <laughs> it's probably misleading, isn't it? Because when you're in the plane, you think you're still in Ireland. And then you get off and you're in a different country. So we were strolling around for a while, looking, getting our bearings really, looking for buses and taxis. And then we get into a taxi and we proceeded to be robbed. Well, blind. We, got, we, we got the bus to the city centre. Yeah. And then got a taxi where we proceeded to be. But we said, right, well, come on, it's a nice day, we'll walk a little bit. We, we were just walking around in circles and then we jumped into this big, huge Mercedes Maybach thing. And I'm thinking, right, the meter is immediately 150 kroners. And it was barreling towards 50 euro. It was euro. hurtling towards 50 euro. And we're sitting there and I said, how much is it going to be? And he goes, ah, oh, be bad, be bad. <laughs> I'm saying, how much is it going to be? The whole way. Yeah. He duped us. The whole way we're going across. I think I just turned around and said, you're a fucking gangster, man. You're like, show me your gun. Where's the gun? And he's giving us snooze and everything. He's like, try this. This is a Swedish delicacy. And I'm there putting it in going, oh yeah, that's actually horrible. And... <laughs> I we tried that later myself and I regretted it. I won't say badly. I was turning around to you, I was like, prop, just get out and run. We're near enough, let's go. And then I realised just he just typed our hotel into the into the uh, sat nav. Obviously we'd be caught. Imagine the two of us legging it away from a taxi in thirty one degree <laughs> down Stockholm's main street. But yeah, no, absolutely Rob. Fifty quid that forty quid that taxi turned out at for four If we hadn't got out when we did, it would have been over fifty. Yeah, four kilometres is what we meant. And he kept, do you remember he kept going down the wrong road? And I said to him, you just went down this road. Can you follow the sat-nav, please? It kept rerouting him. He's going, no, 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 no. This is, I said, you're a gangster, man. You fucking are. He, he duped us. And then we got to our hotel and they didn't take cash, which is a regular occurrence in Stockholm. Not a lot of many, not, not many places to take cash, but it did the job. It had a right grand little balcony. Second year in a row, though, construction work outside. Again, are, are we cursed? Absolutely drilling us over in the mornings, but in fairness, um, it was, it was a grand little spot. Yeah, the balcony was cool, you could step out. Yeah, we hung up our flags and we were chilling there for the first few hours. A couple of cans when we got, when we stepped outside the balcony. First thing I found just outside the window was a crowbar, or was it wasn't no, it, was, it, was a, was, it wasn't a crowbar, it was a, a what was it? The thing get your a, get your foot into a shoe. What the fuck are they no, called? it was massive though. Yeah, it was a big lot. I don't know, but either way, it was it strange. It was definitely a wasn't suspicious well. at all. Big I'm to get my heads and volleys. You said a Gothenburg fan saw the flag. Yeah, and who, now he was like, I hope you beat those bastards. <laughs> uh, who else? There was a couple of people who saw it because it was, it, it was on the main street and we were just sitting above them. But um, yeah, so that was us chilling for the first few hours until all the boys arrived and then growing a yagrin. Dan Fulham was like me for having to do my media duties, apparently. Yeah, I was... But listen... 
that's 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 just the part and parcel, isn't it, Prof? Yeah, the players were already there, and then uh, they had to train at about six o'clock. So, uh, blonde hair and blue eyes, Prof. That's all. That's all we saw, pretty much over there. I mean, you're talking about the women, the uh, the W I M M E N, the, the women, the correct spelling, the correct spelling. I fell in love many times. <laughs> but then, um. See, we changed hotels, and I think it was a good show because we were, as as Pat Martin says, stumbling distance from then groaning, yaggering the Green Hunter, and in Soderman, and uh, what a spot! They genuinely, the the generosity was amazing. They dropped the price to three eighty for the points, and the, yeah, Fal- the Falcon was great. I think it was Forky was saying the Falcon was was piss, great beer, absolutely great beer. It's I cold, it. yeah, no, it did the job. I'm only a recent convert to beer. Yeah. I excellent and once again the what the good the good thing about these trips is you meet new hoops all the time like I, I could probably rattle off a dozen hoops that I, I've never met before and, and met now like like James Lowe uh, the lads from Malta the head case from Malta I can't even remember his name and do you know what? he's going to go mad because I is it Jay Thomas Jay Thomas yeah. he came to me about six hours after having a conversation he goes what's my name oh god and I was like <laughs> Maltese guy <laughs> did he yeah. did he say it like Walter White yeah I, <laughs> say my name quite, and I knew I'm not forgetting again but yeah big shout out to Jay Ma- Maltese Hoops Thomas I forgot his name again yeah, but I, the, I, I, I had no sleep whatsoever going into this first night you were I wrote off at one stage I crashed yeah. really bad but then like Lazarus if Lazarus had burger and chips at some stage I was back <laughs> The burger was a cracker as well. Back in Rage Rumble, I was. Absolute but, uh, cracker of a burger. About 40 people came over to me and asked, was I going to review this burger? So apparently this is a popular segment, Gary. It I, is, I it's getting burgers. there. And I'm waiting on it. I've been looking forward to it because I had it. So I can I can, I can, can uh, disagree or agree. I thought it was a pretty tasty burger. Definitely. Yeah, <laughs> it's a tasty burger. And but, a certain uh, certain Rawers fan from Kimmage, not from Crumlin, he, he helped himself to my pepper. Oh, I was finished anyway. He said, can I... It's like he finished there. Oh, did he neck it in one? And he just grabbed and ate the pepper in one go. Nah, they were sweet peppers, so they weren't. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. They're actually nice. But uh, like we said, we had loads of new hoops. Like there was James Lowe. He's living in the Czech Republic. The lads were living in Malta. The jeez, uh, the top, the top of your head. Can you think of anybody? But either way, is it's well, these trips are just amazing for actually meeting meeting new hoops. I mean, the yeah. people that you wouldn't necessarily stand there or know anyway. Same old faces, different places. That's exact, exactly it. And uh, you'd rob Tommy's son, Josh, as well. Another addition to the Tales from the East End fan club. Yeah, he came over to him and was like, that was my dad with the corner flag in Derry. <laughs> that was brilliant, Jay. <laughs> what an introduction. And of course, the Hammerby lads were excellent as well. I mean, yeah. at one stage, I can't remember was it the first night or the second night, but I went up to get a point and there was about 60 points on the bar. Apparently, they bought 100 points. So the points were just everywhere. Yeah, I don't know if that was Rickard or... but Well, either way, they were gents. Absolute gents. And they looked after us big time. It's like 500 euro. 100 pints. Just points everywhere. It was nuts. But it was excellent. Absolutely excellent. And um, Everyone was asking me for stats at some stage. Something positive going in. And I was like, well, the League of Ireland clubs have won five ties to three against Swedish clubs since we've moved to summer football. That was a positive one, mm-hmm. and then when we went to extra time, that's it was a like, great stat actually. And then we went, we were, we were goal down going in, so 
I was being asked if we ever come from behind to win. We actually hadn't done that ever in Europe. We'd never lost the first leg and then overturned it. We were only talking about that. Yeah, we uh, in the previous show. We were behind in the tie against Paris Saint Belgrade, but we had drawn the first leg. And the only game we came from behind to win was Schalke in '69. But um, an extra time, yeah. I think I think Belgrade in that game. Sorry, as I know, they're the only two European games that went to extra time. But um, yeah. So the like I said, the Hammerby lads, uh, big shout out to Rickard Roos. Yeah, they're all class. All class gents. Like I mean, they really looked after us. And our t-shirts went down a tree as well. We hope to have a batch of them soon. Our tales from the East End on tour, bag of cans t-shirt. Everyone loved them. Yeah, they, they, they're pretty cool. In fairness, <laughs> Carol Curran's pra- practically threatened to rip it from my body. Tell <laughs> how hide the man. Whatever was. happens in your hotel room, prof, you just keep that to yourself. Mark Kenny on Twitter wants them. Size medium, I assume. I know. I think Jim Toner wants them as well. Also a medium. <laughs> um, but today the game, uh, we weren't that rough. In fairness, we were alright. We got up. We were up early enough. I think we we're in the pub by. I was in the pub by half eleven, twelve. So uh, started kicking off. Hoops started yeah. assembling, and then we were just kind of milling the points and thinking when's it's going to kick off because we actually we were sitting around thinking how how are we get into the game. I went for food at one point and then I was coming back. I wasn't sure if it was oh, on the right... Oh, there was rumours, all right. I wasn't, sure if was, rumors. I wasn't sure if it was on the right street. And then faintly I heard in the background, going down Milltown <laughs> Road. <laughs> People were saying, where's the prof? I was like, like, oh yeah, that's... Oh yeah, he's gone for food. Inverted comments. He's gone for something to eat. Who's starting these rumours? <laughs> you, probably. No, was, everyone's coming to me asking yeah. where he is. He's gone for food. Oh yeah, that old chestnut. Thanks for that photograph, by the way, on the plane. That was, that was nice of yeah. <laughs> I couldn't resist it. But um, yeah, so uh, the day of the game, cracking atmosphere in the day of the game. And like I said, we were all sitting around thinking, how are we getting to the game? Are we getting taxis or whatever? And then Dan Fulham came around and said, listen, we're being escorted. And that was the first time I've ever been involved in that. And it was, it yeah. was brilliant. So the police escort through the train station and back. And I mean, we were just, st- everybody stopping in their tracks, looking at going, oh, yeah. all these, like, bunch of absolute horrors you're almost, walking through Stockholm you're almost apologising to me I was like sorry sorry yeah. really sorry <laughs> <laughs> but the second we entered the train station the just noise reverberated all around it was amazing it just amplified by 10 that was, was one of the coolest moments since I've been following unbelievable. that noise the second we get in it just and then everyone everybody heard they were just they hyped them up even more so we're jumping around fucking ah, nuts brilliant poor civilians didn't know it hit them ah, they, had a, they had a good crack in fairness especially on the train Jeez, it was roasting in that train. Yeah, yeah, it certainly was. But uh, then we got to the Friends Arena. We were marched all the way up. And it's some stadium, isn't it? Yeah, it's a brilliant stadium. and It's good oh, for the oh, likes so of um, internationals and stuff like that <laughs> when it's full. But I think for club football, a team like that, I don't think it suits. Well, I thought the noise was actually good, even though it was only 8,000. But imagine when it's full, or even, as you say, twenty to 30,000. Yeah. say the atmosphere would be... It would, be, it would be electric, especially for a derby. Yeah. But I think I'd, pre- I'd prefer like a 20,000 seater that would be jammed. Like you could even see it. they had the curtains down up the top yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. But uh, they had a bar, so I was happy enough with that. Yeah, their fans are pretty noisy in fairness. Mm. It was mostly the first few rows, wasn't it? They were all bopping up and down. That was their ultra section, yeah, behind yeah. the goal. I think they were singing Shamrock Rovers Scum or I don't know. I don't know what they were saying. But uh, yeah, the beer going everywhere. Oh, oh, by the way, the hotel 
one of the quirkiest looking hotels I've it ever was. seen. It was. It was. It was like um, a giant Connect Four. Yeah, just like a backstreet butchers or something. It was a strange. One. <laughs> but that's where the players were staying. And someone posted. I think it was Gareth Bond. Uh, he posted a view of above the stadium, up high in the hotel. Oh, it was class. It was unreal. Yeah. Class, yeah. But with the setup, you have to you have to give shit up to the setup because it was amazing. I mean, the players were just in and around the stadium the whole time, you know, just getting their, their preparation done and it, it held to them anyway. But the beer everywhere when we scored. I mean, I think we we were a little bit we were quite up top when they when when we scored. Yeah. I think did you just turn around the second we scored you were like, You score you saw goal in Europe <laughs> You saw goal in Europe I don't know if I sound like that, but that's <laughs> what I said, yeah. But after all that beer, the ground was stickier than a Gary Twiggs and Paris Club bus from Sligo. <laughs> And that is sticky, let me tell you. And yet still, you were going around in your socks, Ollie Horgan style. I know, I, I couldn't, I, listen, I just, br- the new gazelles are, I'm still wearing, I'm still got blisters in the back of my feet from walking in fucking ribbons, so. thought you were in your, in your living room, was it? I was just walking around in my socks. Um, but like I said, most most everybody's well behaved. The Hammerby Ultras formed a barrier around us, looking after us, so once again, great lads. The, yeah. I love those little links apparently Forky was doing a bit of gardening as well and so he, he we went back to someone's house and he was pulling out the shrubs and everything I saw some photographs <laughs> of him looking very interested in the Swedish garden going yes those are lovely petunias <laughs> hashtag go Forky go hashtag go someone tweeted that <laughs> uh, we had Fikra doing the Dublin's Green and White Champ because Davey wasn't there Davey bought a car and couldn't go Oh Jesus! I know. I told him to sell it, but he wasn't listening. <clears throat> I wasn't having any of it. The Dylan Moss song uh, that was belted out many a time. It's a cracker over there. We're all loving it. It was yeah. a cracker, yeah. Uh, Maloney was in the away end for a change. Yeah, he actually ended up with the Rovers fans for once, so it was good to see. And uh, later in the game, I think it was when one of their players uh, failed one of our players, and a few people just sort of like one of the one of their fans was taunting us. So some of our fans just moved on to the stairwell. Good. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I yeah. moved over. I think it was like their family section, wasn't it? Yeah. So then I looked over and I was like, oh, where are the twins? And they weren't there. And then I looked around and there they were just standing there beside Pat O'Connell not doing anything. You're like, why aren't these getting involved? Why aren't they being talked to by Stuarts? <laughs> Although one of them did argue with the bouncer outside the bar later that night, so... I wasn't fucking with him. He got it in there in the end. I wasn't fucking with him. The the, the little Iraqi dude, I think he was from Iraq. Oh, yeah. Not no, he, with, I'm not fucking with him. Serious character. He scared the shit out of me at one stage. I hopped over the bar with a pint and he just appeared out of nowhere like a genie. And he was just like, get, like the Astro Turf rule, stay on the green. Oh, yeah. He's like, get onto the green. Anytime like, I stepped foot an inch over that line, the hand was just on the chest and was like yeah. in the green or the eyes he just felt the eyes yeah. piercing through you like he's staring at me right now and even <laughs> look at him just kind of step back onto it and go yeah sorry nice guy though in fairness and one of the best stories I thought from the whole trip uh, Pat pa- Martin. after we scored everyone goes crazy and then someone from security came down to him <laughs> and said <laughs> sir you cannot expose your arse you cannot pull down your trousers <laughs> he was like, what the hell are you talking about? I didn't pull down my trousers. I was like, we have you on CCTV. You cannot expose yourself. It was actually Shane Nolan. <laughs> Shane Nolan <whipping> his arse <laughs> out. Just because he was wearing the same top and his grey hair, he mixed them up with Pat uh, Camaro. Do you know what? Easily done, in fairness, because <laughs> they were actually looking quite alike on that day. Class. And but, um, yeah, so we'll talk about the game. 
and there's only one change to the starting lineup with Pico in for Greg Bulger as we went to three at the back and uh, it was a good move by Bradza because they struggled with teams who play three at the back in the league so uh, the shape was great it was brilliant That's jo- I put it down to Joey O'Brien I thought Joey O'Brien was excellent on the night yeah. He was um, looking a little bit dodgy at times, but I think his organisation was... He marshalled that. Yeah, marshalled, like three, exactly. Three, five, whatever. And just along our squad numbers, we've Watts, who's number seven, and Green is number 22, and Tomer was 35 before he left, and Alan Manis is obviously number one. So You were asking about, uh, did we not have a seven? It was Gary McCabe, was it? Last no, it was one? Ryan Connolly last year. Oh, it was, and even when he got the seven, I think we were kind of saying, he's not a number seven, like it's... <laughs> We're giving ourselves false hope, giving them the number seven. But uh, we started the game well, and the I just I honestly couldn't believe me eyes when the goal went in. How did it feel, by the way? You saw your first European goal. I was looking at I I, I don't even know where I ended up. Because <laughs> you know, obviously, when you get the photographs and you're trying to spot yourself, I'm nowhere. Yeah. I'm nowhere to be seen. But it was just unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. Genuinely couldn't believe it. I was like, we're after scoring early. And what I were we know. talking about getting an early goal? All we were talking about was conceding an early yeah, goal. Yeah, conceding it. But it was a corner from uh, Sean Cavanagh. Uh, really good delivery. I thought Sean Cavanagh was one of the best players on the night. He was. He was excellent. I, I thought kind of. I thought it dropped at first, but it was a volley. I don't yeah. think it dropped. I don't think he even hit the ground. No, I think he got it first time, yeah. And, uh, but yeah, Cavanagh, maybe it's because he's been, he's been, he's been below par the last couple of months, to be yeah. honest. Maybe that's why he's kind of stood out. Obviously, if you ask me to pick a man in the match, I go Dylan Watts. Yeah. But Kavanagh really stood out for me. I thought he was Finn, brilliant. Um, what about the celebration? Finn. Yeah, and they came was, over to us. It was very Hardy Boys-esque, wasn't it? It was like Jeff Hardy doing a, doing a, a moonsault. Oh, the way yeah, he landed, yeah, yeah. See, or like, I, Do you know it was like a core angle moonsault? It's like a slow motion landing. Brilliant. I loved it, yeah. O'Brien ended up getting injured again, didn't he? Yeah, I think he, he uh, didn't come off this time. Though he stayed on. Hopefully, that doesn't be the case for the rest of the season. And um, but he didn't play in Waterford, so we're not sure about that. It depends. But there's been no updates on his injury. Hopefully, hopefully it's not for too much because he's been excellent at the back. Um, the Joel Coustron chance. So our our pressing led to this chance. Yeah, and it was a bad pass. Watching this again, Profi. So, was somebody saying was was um somebody on soccer public saying he's, he was right footed he's naturally right footed he's a left footer isn't but he it? yeah but either way it's the uh, like could he have done more could he have slotted it by him like the angle was a bit acute the keeper closed him down well but he had he had more time than keeper he thought he kind had. of didn't even open himself out either the keeper kind of made himself slimmer he would give himself an even better chance mm. when that. Like when that chance came about, I thought to myself, "Geez, we're going to get another chance here because these are they're leaking at the back." That's our chance. He wanted to either fall to a Twiggy who'll round the keeper, yeah. or a Mida or a Burke who'll just curl it in or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Oh man! I not to sound bad, but I didn't actually fancy Joel in that one on one. But the second he he was throwing, I was thinking, "Oh Jesus, is this it? Is this it? Like it's over if this goes in." No way they're coming back, but. We'll move on to an even more blatant chance with Aaron Green and some excellent work by Finn. Finn this, laid it off down to the left. And this is two minutes to go Sean in Kavanagh, 90 minutes. Two minutes to go. And we're, we're just standing there praying, thinking we've got a chance here. Coming down the left, whips it in. Aaron Green header, 10 yards out. Hits the bottom of the post. And the second that went, I turned, whoever was beside me, I turned around and said we're done. 
You don't miss those chances at this level. You cannot miss those chances at this level. He was behind the defender. He was free. The goalkeeper was rooted to the spot. Stuck, Any, anything, on the target, stuck, anything on target oh, was in. And it just dropped off the bottom of the post. I thought it actually glanced wide when I saw it live. So did I, yeah. I didn't it was know only when we're, we're all watching it on TV later. And I was dreading it coming. I was like, looking at the clock. I was like, oh no, here comes yeah. the chance. I don't want to see it again. And I was surprised that it hit the post. Absolutely yeah. heartbreaking stuff. And I just, I just thought, yep, yeah, that's it. We're done. And their goal, I mean, we, it was an agonising way to get to the 90 minutes. And when I thought to myself, we'll, we're, we're going to be able to get through this 30 minutes. I'll, I'll take penalties, even if we can nick a goal. And then there's four minutes in to extra time. Ah, it was a hammer blow. So and it was an element of fortune to it too. Like it just sort of, it, it got past uh, Pigo. And then Gavin actually got a hand on it. He almost saved it. He he did well. He covered it. I mean, he yeah. came out well, made himself big, and it, it took a nip off him and went in. But uh, yeah, Stefanelli scored that. Yeah, so fuck Stefanelli. But after the first leg, remember Bazunu's goal hadn't been breached for for more than four hours. Yeah, he he had a great and record. He had nothing he could do about the first goal, and second one, as I said, he almost saved it. But uh, again, how composed did he look? Throughout the game, he was brilliant. He was he was able to calm the game down at certain yeah. times, and he he faced down the the AIK fans as well. Like he's he's beyond his years. I remember at one point he just sort of just calmly headed up to himself just to, to waste time. Yeah, but then ironically, he actually kicked the ball straight to them after that, um, and that was their best chance of the game. Yeah, they were true one on one, weren't they? Yeah. I think it was Stefanelli as well. But the, like that was eight thousand. At the Friends Arena, like six weeks earlier, he was playing in front of 50 people in Cove <laughs> for a 17s game. And he just takes it in a stride, doesn't he? And could you imagine what the headlines would have been? Not only Shamrock Rovers beaten AIK, but like Ray Wilson was convinced that he was going to save a couple of penals. 100, 100% agreed with Ray. 100% because I guarantee it, we had about the penals. He was going to. He was going to fucking save a few. He would have been the hero. Could you imagine the headlines? The headlines. A 16-year-old keeper helps Rovers beat AIK. I'd be on the pitch. Straight onto the pitch. Maybe. In the, in the nude. <laughs> as long as the hammer bell is still keeping the barrier, maybe, yeah. I'll run the pitch. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, lads, can you just get in front of me while I run and celebrate? In the nude, yeah. In the nude. <laughs> So, um, yeah, the game was on the TV in the bar after. And, uh, yeah, oh, yes, yeah, so the rest of extra time, um, we didn't really, did we create anything? We we kind of ran out of steam. Ran out of steam, yeah. There was a chance at the end that Ethan Boyle took on his left foot and just skied it. Yeah, that was, I think that was the last kick of the game. Uh, get it on target, it's, it's, a, it's a chance, you know, to keep a cup parry it and you could get a rebound. But History was made on, on a small scale. Dave McAllister in extra time. Shamrock Rovers' first ever fourth substitute. For, did someone turned around and said that? It's probably me. Was I, it? No, someone said it to you. They said, have we made history here? Somebody, anyway, even Pat Kamara, somebody turned around to it and said it in earshot yeah. anyway. Because I can actually remember, I remember looking up when, who was our first third substitute. And the answer was kind of funny because it was the opening day of 95-96 season. We drew a home to Drogheda. And... Uh, who does Ray Tracy throw on as a third outfield substitute? Who? Robbie Horgan. Robbie Horgan. He put him on the wing. Yeah, so uh, that was it. We were done and dusted. But um, 
real sense of pride after the final whistle. I was straight down to the front to applaud them because it was an excellent performance. And oh, they're all heroes. Unbelievable. And uh, we are back to the bar afterwards. The, the fireworks attacked with fireworks at the train station as well. Oh, yeah. And straight back to the bar. And uh, the game's on TV. Did we celebrate the goal in the bar as well? We did, yeah. We are. It was, it was like a... Ooh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Someone told me that it was kind of small time to do that, which... Fair enough, you could say that. But I was looking around and praying somebody had tried a backflip, but never, never materialised. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like you said, we're going to move on to the boys now and interviews with Marcus Russell and Rickard Rules. What a name. Okay, I'm here with Marcus, uh, a German Shamrock Rovers fan who lives here in Stockholm. And this is full time here, just after the AAK match. So tell us how all this started, how you began following Rovers. Oh, um, I moved to... Uh, the first time I came to Ireland was because of Celtic. And uh, I, uh, yeah, I really fell in love with Ireland, and um, then I decided to move permanently to Dublin. And my grandfather had played Shamrock Rovers in a friendly, and he told me uh, they're nice guys, so uh, you need to support them. So uh, I came over, and the first week I watched him at a preseason friendly uh, Newbridge, at Newbridge Town. Really shitty weather, like you would expect it, and. Uh, yeah, and then kind of started from there. I met, I met Mark Battle. I don't know if you know him. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I I have to say I was just talking to um, to Paul a couple of or earlier on, and it's like I'm 8060 Munich fan, and uh, I always thought nothing comes close to my my yeah my team, but Shamrock Grovers really uh, I don't know from the first glimpse catch my my heart kind of, and I started following them. Um, so yeah, it went on from there, and I had a great time. Um, yeah, I liked the club. I, I kind of liked the way they restructured themselves after the, the big fuck up, and uh, yeah, so became became a Shamrock Rovers fan, and s- since then followed the club. Yeah, you took the day off work today to come to the game, and what do you think of that performance? I mean, it was a great performance. So sadly, we, we, we drew on the end, but yeah. No, I'm uh, to be honest. I'm really disappointed. Yeah. Uh, not of the players or anything, because I would have really thought that it's possible to to get through this round. Um, I saw the game in Dublin on TV, and AIK. Yeah, they were not great, and I uh, I wanted them. To, it sounds very snobby, but I wanted them to score the second goal in the regular regular time because then that would have been the only chance, I guess. Because I, we, we I, had the chances too. We had the chances, and we should have scored it. But then I think, like it has been in the past, I think the players have too much respect of these bigs, and I, I don't think AK is particular big side. I like I don't rate them that high. Yeah. But um, I think they have respect, and uh, sometimes you need to get in here and need just to think that it's doable, and it, it is doable. And we saw it today; the chances were there. They could have won it, and that's why I'm disappointed a bit. But still, the performance was great. I like the team they have now. But yeah, I would have loved to see him going through. And you experience Swedish football firsthand here, don't you? I mean, the AIK and, and Hammerby rivalry, and of course our friendship with Hammerby as well is, is really good. Yeah, I I, I watch uh, Swedish football, but then again, it's it's very hard to, uh, as I said, 
it's you know yourself if you like a club you, you kind of the club finds you somehow yeah. so Shamrock Rovers found me somehow because when I started supporting them they were shit um, but I fell in love with them and that hasn't been the case in Sweden and um, therefore I go to the games I don't go to Hammarby I have to say uh, that's too I don't know I don't like them I don't dislike them um, I, I hate the stadiums, that's why I don't go. Uh, that's why I most of the time go to the under 18, under 16 derbies, because I think it's more fun and more quality to watch. But then as a football fan and as a as an admirer of fan culture, you, you do go to the big derbies, yes, but it's not, uh, I, no club hasn't, has catched my heart. Yeah, that's, I can say that. Will Shamrock always be in your heart even more so after tonight, and do you think this team has gone somewhere? They will always be in my heart, like, it's uh, no matter what, and I, 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 think, I think I still would follow them if they go to the second Irish League, because that doesn't really matter for me. Yeah, it's, I sometimes feel that, and that's down to the mentality, they, because everybody was happy getting into the, into the extra time, yeah. and everybody they sh should be more eager, like I, I would have loved to fight, fully fight until the end, which I have to say wasn't the case until the last 10 minutes maybe, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit disappointing, but uh, I obviously will follow them, it's yeah. not a... I, I, like uh, my son has a jersey, he's one and a half, and the other jersey has his 1860 Munich. So, uh, I yeah, that's it's it's. I'm, I'm not here because they play the Euroleague or something. Uh, you know what I mean? It's, I was so happy getting the draw. Uh, so, yeah, I would have loved to see them more in Europe, but. Uh, Okay, I'm here with uh, Rick Air, the big Harrowby and Shamrock Rovers fans. So tell us how your interest has started first in Harrowby and then Rovers. Uh, I have some friends here with Hammarby that introduced me to Rovers, say, four years ago, I think so. Uh, but I couldn't go because I was in the middle of like a divorce and stuff like that. So you didn't yeah. go on the way games to Rovers. Yeah. Um, today was a good day, but a sad day. Yeah. I had a friend of mine, a friend of yours, staying at my place. It yeah. was nice. Paul Dorma. Oh, okay. Yeah, Paul Dorma. Yeah. Talk about the build-up to the game. Uh, obviously, there's a good relationship between the Hammerby fans and Shamrock Rovers fans. Rovers fans feel very appreciated. Last night you took care of us and everything. So talk about that whole friendship. Yeah, that was good. Oh. Paul Paul came at Tuesday around 11, and we went here at this place, Granjeger, and, and we had we closed the place, but they yeah. wanted more beer, so we went to 7-Eleven across the street and went over to our Naka statue, Naka, our legendary player. Yeah. We sat there for two and a half hours just drinking beer. That was just like the best evening in a long time. <laughs> yeah. And the game itself, uh, I spoke to you at halftime and you pretty much called it. You said if this goes to extra time, yeah. AIK will, will, kill will kill us and that's how it happened. So how do you sum up the game? How do you feel about it? I told my son before the game, if we, if we or you score the first goal, it would be a really good game. And they did. An early goal was really crucial, but yeah. looked like you were running out of fuel, really, like around 35-40 minutes. 
that's my my opinion. Did anything surprise you about AIK or Shamrock Robbers? A lot of people didn't expect it even to go to the extra time. AIK are famous for scoring when they look like they're sleeping. Yeah. Because they play such a boring football that the opponents fall asleep and then they just kill you. Just one 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 chance and then they kill you. We did have two big chances to make a two and three nil, didn't we? Yeah, the header was just incredible to miss. And even at one on one, but he wasn't a what do you say, a normal scorer. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely performance that the Shamrock Rovers fans should be proud of, yeah. I'm proud of how they performed. And I'm really good I'm happy to have met them. Yeah. You know? But really sad that you didn't go through. Yeah. Both for myself because I hate AJK. I fucking hate them. <laughs> and I love the green and white community that I have all over Europe with Rovers. Torcida Verde in Lisbon, Palatinaikos, Rapid Vienna. That's all because of the green and white hoops, that whole connection. Yeah, yeah. When they come to visit us, we go to visit them and they give us just the best experience in their home in their home stadium all around. When you call AIK rats, that's actually their name. That's their, that's their fans' nickname, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, uh, not, not, not just the, not just the fans, because like maybe 40 years ago they used to play in the same jerseys for four or five years they used to be black but after washing their clothes for like four or five they yeah. turned grey and greyish you know you don't have to say more yeah. they're the rats but they're also the rats in other ways they like call themselves rats but you actually think they're rats they're rats yeah and it's well, I fucking hate them <laughs> That's what we like. We like hatred. We like rivalry. <laughs> I love rivalry, but I don't. I don't want to fight them. But I want to give them the finger and tell them to fuck off. Do you reckon Hammerby can uh, finish ahead of AIK in the league this season? Oh, that might be tough though, because they have so much more money than we have. But we were doing fine before the break, before the World Cup. We didn't start off very well afterwards, but I think we we have a good chance to winning in the league. But like I, we were talking to one of the players a month ago. We, we just ran into him randomly on the street. I said we we're just happy about the Europe League qualification, yeah. and he got really fucking upset. We're winning this. That's Nikola Djordic. He's he's got a, like his mindset to win. Yeah. yeah. So, so overall, good experience. Shamrock Rovers and the Hammerby fans oh, in Stockholm for like, a couple of days. Like I told my friend, like half an hour ago, it's like probably the best. It's not a weekend, but you could call it a weekend. Best week for a long, long time. Good people, friendly. What do you say? Crazy people, but good crazy. Yeah. We love you. We fucking love you. Yeah, we love you back. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Uh, you also told me that uh, Hammerby have their own podcast. So yeah. talk a bit about that. Uh, Johnny has his own cause called Bayern Pod, and Bayern is a nickname for Hammerby. And uh, it's every Monday or Tuesday. Normally Mondays, 
but money was an away game, so he wasn't really really in shape to do the part. But they do it over there at the Kvarn, and it's a Hammarby place yeah. where people go before the game. You said they had a big live show before with lots of drink and everything. Yeah, yeah. So they do the podcast, they stay not sober, but a drink. Yeah. But they leave the microphone on afterwards, <laughs> and that's the best hour, really. Yeah. People just keep getting hammered, and the real words come out. You know. <laughs> that's their version of, of our podcast. Theirs is Tales from the East End. Yeah. So that was our adopted hoops. Uh, we had Marcus, the German, living in Stockholm, and we Rickard Rules, who was who was there for the duration of the whole thing. Yeah. And did tell tell me you saw the the painter who was there. I did, yeah. <laughs> was he in the pub all day or Best what? job ever. Can yeah. I have your job? He sat there with a tool belt on and in his tool belt was a box of smokes <laughs> and uh that was it. He sat he was with us for and he was an AOK fan, he had an AOK tattoo on his left arm and he came up and he showed me, he was like, Yes, I'm AOK and uh he just sat there for the whole for the whole time I was there anyway. All I saw was him and his overalls, drinking points and smoking cigarettes. <laughs> Best tool belt ever. You couldn't miss Marcus though. No. In his shorts and his high white socks. Yeah, he so was, German. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was leading the way, wasn't he? Massive. But the AIK performance, I wasn't uh, like that. It was slated on Twitter by he goes, you McKenna. Yeah. yeah, he said it was the most cowardly performance he's ever seen and pompous, uh, called the players pompous and if they, had a, if they hadn't a pulled out of every 50-50, they, they would have lost it. But he was, um, he, he was he slated them. They looked pretty rattled by our goal. Oh, they were rattled. Yeah. So when the header went, see the keeper's reaction when Aaron Green missed his header? He went nuts. Yeah. Just it, it was terrible from them. I thought they were really poor, and I I struggle to see how they're at the top of the league. I really do. I I don't know how they how they how they're winning that league. You know. I talked to loads of fans afterwards, and kind of I got kind of mixed reactions. Some some people said like, oh, they always had another gear to go up to, but then others were like, well, what gear? We never yeah. we never saw it. They they that goal they scored in Tallinn. That was a great team goal. Yeah, which we fell asleep for. But I didn't see that in the second leg. I didn't see. I didn't feel like they could just crush us when they wanted to. I thought we were it making them look ordinary case. at they times. They never, yeah, they never really looked like they were gonna step it up and kick on and put some pressure on. I think they had one or two mm. pressure periods, but other than that, but Rickard said, as he said in the interview, that that's what they do. They sleep, they sleep, and then they eat you. <laughs> <laughs> they sleep, and then they eat you. Sounds like a <laughs> massive python or something. <laughs> But their their fans were quite arrogant though. Like if you're reading online, fucking assholes. They totally wrote us off before yeah. the game. They were just talking about the next game. They had everything booked. Quite arrogant. They did the whole lot booked for yeah. Copenhagen. Neither Guyton nor Olsen started the game. They both came off the bench. I thought Guyton was, was terrible. Whenever I've seen him, anyway, I watched them against Sundsvall. I think on the Sunday, and he was poor as well. So they got a ninety fifth minute mm. winner in that one. A lot of diving too. Yeah, they were um, they were windy to say the least, weren't they? Yeah. The the ref didn't book any of them until the seventy eighth minute. I thought I thought it was a poor performance from the ref. I thought he gave them a lot. He did, yeah. He gave them a lot. And the the stadium announcer actually announced every yellow card. I'd never experienced that no, before. I, never, I didn't even notice. Yeah, it was like seventy eight minute booking for Guyton, whatever. But the attendance was eight, just over eight thousand. 
uh, they seem like they packed their end anyway. But I mean, if you're going for a, a Hammerby Derby, a Hammerby uh, AIK Derby, you're looking at thirty thousand. I'm hearing twenty five, thirty thousand. So it just shows you that that's their hardcore there. And then of course the emotions after it. It's a uh, it was it was an emotional la- few minutes after mm-hmm. the game. Someone sums it up as heartbroken but proud. Heartbroken, but you know what? Like 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 I said, these moral victories they can fuck off at this stage. Even you, the, even the words annoy me. You, yeah, they just get fed up, don't you? You just want something to fall in your lap for months. It was a bit of an Irish cliche, wasn't it? We took the lead, we outplayed them, we missed two glorious chances, we got hit with a sucker punch, and it's a hard luck story. Yeah. It was very Irish. Very Irish, yeah. But, but we, we beat them in 90 minutes. Away from home. Let's not... That, that's amazing. Take that away I from think us. Think about it. It was amazing. At one stage, both us and Cliftonville were winning 1-0. And the dream was on. Yeah, I know. It was. It really was. And um, so we were escorted back. Everybody went back to the boozer. And we, we ended up in a park, in a playground, at 3 in the morning, drinking cans. As you do. Mark Conway was with us. And... He kept telling us over and over again that he was just he was gonna get some gin. I gotta and get he, the gin. He said he told us many times and that he'd be back in twenty minutes. The man never came back after twenty minutes. I don't think I, I didn't see him again until <laughs> the flight the next drank, evening. I think he drank the gin. <laughs> but uh, it's not often my stats are totally gazumpsticker by someone. Not to mention whilst knacker drinking in a Swedish park <laughs> at three in the morning of all times. But my stats were obliterated by James Lowe I think I remember this I think I remember him hitting him hitting us with a stat and I was just like prof you're sacked it was a belter it was he said I am the I being James I must be the only Rowers fan under the age of 30 who knows what it's like to win the FAI Cup because he was a Spartan Fingal fan yeah. that's what it was because he's Santry Hoop and he was following Spartan Fingal when they won 2009 in Tala, ironically. But you know what? That's um, you wouldn't hold that against anybody because at least he has an in, had an interest in Irish football back then. Well, they were local. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, how many fans did they have? Them? I remember the cameras would cut them into the crowd, and there'd be like six of them. Yeah, it'd be just family and stuff like that, and the likes of himself. But uh, yeah, now the park was good crack. There was all sorts going on. It was great crack. And uh, became our second home <laughs> for the, for the holiday, but we stumbled our way back to the hotel. And um, yeah, Kevin McCormick managed to turn his apartment into a Romanian hostel. Oh man, those that photograph it was so funny. <laughs> it was pretty. It was like something from um, <laughs> from the Bible. I know that was the amazing part. Kevin or did was, they mean was, to was do it that? Him or someone else? But he goes Ethan Rooney, and he yeah. has the robe. Around them, but he has his hand in a gesture, some sort of gesture. <laughs> the way he's positioned under the lamp, it's like it was, a halo. It was so religious. And you've yeah. got bodies strewn throughout. It was like some sort of religious scene. If that was unintentional, that's what a remarkable. Photo. Photo. I don't know why that was intentional. No way. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. And um, yeah, so overall, it was just an excellent, excellent trip. And uh, we better qualify for Europe this year. We better. Yeah, as, I, as I've said before, I'm not missing any more of these trips. We're on our way there. We're on our way there. I reckon we'll get there eventually. But uh, we yeah. didn't. We didn't forget our flags this year, girl. No, we certainly didn't. Ozzy Nate had our backs. Ozzy Nate had our backs. Yeah, who I think it was Rob <coughs> Tormey who helped us out in Iceland, wasn't it? Yeah. And the flight home it was uh, it was quite amusing. 
just before we actually boarded the plane, you know, when they, um, like you're sitting around waiting, and they made an announcement, and they were calling out for some woman to find out where she was. And this is exactly how they pronounced her name. Oh, yes, brilliant. Nina! <laughs> I swear to God, like that. Ten minutes later. Five times. Nina! It was like, where the fuck is Nina? <laughs> I am hung over to bits here. It was like nails on a chalkboard. Oh, man. And, uh, yeah, so I head buried in, in, in my phone for the, for the fly home. The fear was kicking in. <laughs> And uh, good old Mitzi going up and down the aisle doing cartwheels. And what was he doing with the magazine? He was trying to focus on the top was, of the magazine. His eyes were closed. He was, his eyes oh, were closed. He? And he was just walking up and down the aisle with his eyes closed. And then he was doing cartwheels on the back of it. I, I miss the cartwheels now. The guy is hilarious, man. In the poor birdie that day, we just arrived at like two or three, wasn't it? And he had like a whole board of cheese around him. Oh yeah, shout out to the cheese board and hoops, new supporters club form. Com- completely untouched. And he'd spent 15 euro on this cheese. <laughs> and the lads were asking him like, why did you spend 15 euro on cheese? And I was just like, oh, I just wanted to see what it was. I just wanted to see it. Gorgonzola looked nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, the Gorgonzola hoops, SC. We're going to get our t-shirts made up. And... Uh, yeah, so, like I said, fly home, head buried in the phone, just trying to get the fear off me. And, um, yeah, so, they're calling him Tommy Cannon's love child. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Mitzi. So, um, AIK are going to play Parzan Belgrade if they knock out Norchland. And they hammered OF Brum... Hold on, give me a chance. Bruma Putkiana second bottom 5-1 at the weekend and Stefanelli got a hat-trick and Seb Larson made his debut so uh, you've never seen Stefanelli never seen so many Rowers fans interested in a Swedish result heard about 50 people say that and were like oh yeah okay 1-5-1 yeah it's we, we won do 5-1 at the weekend there. it's something I do as well I'm yeah. interested in the team that we play for about 3 or 4 weeks and then I'm just like fuck them <laughs> that's Stefanelli by the way he got a hat-trick there scored against us He'd only started like two league games all season. Apparently, yeah. Apparently he, he was good last season. He was our top scorer last year. Yeah. But they hadn't even been playing him. He's starting to kick off now though. Mm-hmm. Argentinian striker. Argentinian, yeah. And then we had Cork, Dundalk and Derry. They had some European games as well. Cork were easily beaten with a clanger from uh, Cherry. Forrest Gold. I mean, that's the one thing you, you don't want to do is have your keeper come for a ball and completely screw it up so they were beating 3-0 we wouldn't have that no <laughs> Dundalk had a great result I think it was 2-1 at home with an absolute cracker from Duffy oh that's outrageous goal uh, Van Basten-esque and uh, Derry had a 2-1 win away but it wasn't good enough so both, both ourselves and Derry almost did the, what, had, what had never been done before imagine you had the double in no, no one had ever lost a home in the first leg and gone through and yeah. both ourselves and Derry were one goal away couldn't have predicted it. So Cork City will face the loser of Celtic and Rosenberg in the Europa League third qualifying round. Well done, Doc. Could potentially meet Ajax. Uh, Cork, Celtic f- feel like they've, they've enough to get through that toy without a doubt with the money that they've spent and the squad that they have. So it's probably going to look like Cork and Rosenberg and uh, that'd, be, that'd be a good toy. But we've got our away game versus Dundalk on Friday the 3rd of August has postponed been postponed and it can't be played on the Sunday either because of the League Cup semi-finals so probably on some Monday night in a month or two which I'm kind of happy that um, 
I'm happy enough with that fixture being postponed because now keep our momentum. Our going. momentum could go on. <clears throat> we could get twelve points from. I know you don't like predicting games. Yeah, we, we could get. We are going to talk about it in a while. We could get twelve points for our next four games easily. They're real. Oh, here we go. I mean, come on. Here I know the last time <laughs> happened when we predicted this, but listen, we're on a good. We're on a good <clears> run now. Did you see Sligo's statement when the, their game with Dundalk was postponed? I found this very strange. Like, why have they not got a get home game for so long? Like, what's the problem there? They've got I haven't got a home game for what seventy something days. I think they moved the Derry game right early in the season because the brand new wasn't ready. Well, and then I don't know the summer break, and then maybe they were meant to play Cork and whoever in Europe. Probably just a bad. Like imagine not having a home game in Talent in two months. Seventy-seven days. Imagine that. It'd be so strange, wouldn't it? But like the off season. But they were dead right though, because then Dark were at home on the Thursday, and then home on the following Thursday. So like, why can't you just play a game in Sligo on the Sunday? Yeah, no. Um, look, we 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 did. We travelled to Waterford. What was the problem there? Like, well, that was after Europe. I'm talking about between two ties. Oh, between the two ties. We, did, did we not do that year though? I think we could have, but either way, it's. I think we might. Certainly under O'Neill, we did it. I reckon if you times. look back on the fixture list, yeah. there has been a similar pattern of of fixtures. There's no need to call it off. So. Um. So that seems to be the rule that the FAI have brought in that if you lose you play your game it's like Derry Kenny Shields wasn't happy that Derry had to pay away to Cork having gone out and like we had to pay away to Waterford yeah but because Dundalk had won automatically their their league game is off yeah so um, move on to some other news now with the Pats have had the hashtag junkie ball Scrapped already, and that didn't take long. No, it didn't. And uh, in fairness, now do you know what? Actually, did you listen to, to League of Ireland Weekly? No, but if you're going to mention Jared Bryan, I read his tweets about it. Did you? And he made a lot of sense. He did make a lot of sense. But did you hear what he said about Rowers? Yeah, he sounded bitter, right? He he. Some I think Johnny Ward and, and Johnny Ward once again. he said he admired his honesty, but it's their director of football. I think it's a. I think it's okay for the likes of fans and, and people say like he turned mm. around and they said did you want Rovers to go through in Europe he goes no of course not because we're not. we're his rivals we're his rivals are, are we though are we both are our rivals Pats is just like the second rate derby but I, 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 I can't imagine Steve McPhail saying something like that he's our director of football I can't imagine him saying something like that you know what I mean it's, it's a little bit unprofessional on his part I, it feels like that it's, it, it makes them look bad and you know what swings and roundabouts prof it's going to buy him and the bollocks eventually we beat him out there he'll be walking boy it's, it's going to it's gonna buy him eventually he's putting his hand out to be slapped apparently Pats used to call themselves the Europe, Ireland's European club why why they qualified five years in a row or something Stop. and they haven't qualified not two the last now. two anyway but uh, yeah no Brian made a lot of sense about he's what, right what the intricate area needs like why are they putting in 500 houses all it is is just like fish and chip shops and, and bookies yeah but you can't complain about houses going in either fair enough they could put them in somewhere else but I mean the fact that there is a housing crisis and there are houses going in fair enough it could be news for past new stadium and a couple of retail units and things like that but one thing by the way it's falling on deaf ears it's not going to happen for bats I feel like we should have drawn attention to this before I don't know why we haven't until now, but past interview styles is really odd. You know the way the players have their microphone in their hand? Yeah, and then the picture comes up. 
with the question or whatever yeah it's quite odd it's like it's like they don't actually have a person to do it and he maybe just, that's it yeah like, that's what it is maybe it they've, they've no me they've no prop no equivalent there is never going to be another prop oh thanks Ken. so <laughs> the tifties loving yeah so um, Pat stopped the rot against Limerick I was disgusted I would love to see them lose eight in a row they already set records though because uh, yeah. that's officially the worst record ever in the history of Pat's how is Bucko still in the job like he's had a terrible season last year struggling again a couple of points of relegation but here's the thing you're looking at Bowles who are struggling you're looking at Pat's who are struggling two basket cases below them with Limerick and Bray what if, what if they both go what, what if they're both deducted points or what if they're like, I think Bowles are going to be saved by that you know that Bowls yeah. are getting dragged into that relegation dogfight. Bowls are just chilling. They're going to get fucking saved by this fucking situation with Bray and Limerick. I'm telling you, it's it's, yeah. it's going to sicken us in the end. But like you said, they stopped the rot and they came from behind with two goals from Conan Bourne in the last 13 minutes and he came off the bench to save the day. And uh, Conan was warming up and he heard his car announce over Tannoy so he got James doing it to move. So he was warming <laughs> up. Yeah, he got, he asked. Well, he's, he's usually not busy on match days, is he? Doing no. He, who else? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that little dig there. What was we call him? Splinter. <laughs> um. So he asked Michael Barker, and then Michael Barker had a cast on his foot, so he couldn't do it. So doing it, obviously, that's his job now. He's car park attendant at Richmond hmm. Park. It's like that we have Kuldoff as as our ball boy. Remember? Yeah, Kuldoff the ball boy, hmm. and uh, James Dillon the car park attendant. Everyone has the role. And Bowsby Bray six nil. And uh, Bray are on a downward spoil. I was going to crack a joke about Rob Cornwell scoring a goal, but his other goal was actually against us. Yeah, so, so let's just not talk about that one. But Bowes have won four home games this season. Two against Bray, one against us, and one against Pats. They've scored 16 goals at Daily Mount. Half of them against Bray. That's poor. And four of them against us, and the rest other teams. Yeah, so that was Bowes beating Bray 6-0. And we have Cork hammering Derry 5-0 on the Monday. I hope you took my tip on the Tifties bogey chat. With, um, I went for Hammerby. Uh, I think it was Norchaland and Cork. And they all absolutely smashed the teams they were playing. So, Well, Tommy Kelly doesn't even take his own tips. Because he actually cashed out. <laughs> yeah. Get Roberts to win 1-0. He still he's up a few quid in the way. Can we pretty much say we're safe for fourth now? Because Derry have just fallen to pieces. They are, and uh, they went. I think they went what eight games unbeaten or eight games in a row win, winning at one stage. It's they went nine season. unbeaten and then they went nine with yeah. a, well, just one win. But they've they've conceded four goals or more in six of their last eleven league games. This is the time to lure McInef over to Tallaght. I think. Like how how could that team be on track to finish fourth? Oh, definitely not going to happen. I think they're four points behind us now, is it? Is it four? Possibly. Either yeah, way, I so. they're. I I don't think they're. they're We're gonna, four off Waterford now. They're going to mount a challenge anyway. But uh, yeah, so we've Aiden Price's under 19s drew one all away to Wexford on the Monday, the 16th, and that was a couple of days after he was here for monthly madness and new boy Luke. Kelly had a goal up at half time. We spoke very highly of him. It's supposed to be a bit of a prospect, a prodigy. Prodigy. Um, then they beat Waterford 2 1 in Tallinn this past Saturday with goals from Thomas Alua and a last gasp winner from young Dean Williams. Yeah, Connor Sullivan got a bit of stick that day because he announced the winner as Dean Dillon. Oh no. Yeah. He's all the way in Longford, Connor. 
and yeah. uh, Keen Clark, our under 17s keeper, he actually played in this one and uh, made some very impressive saves. I heard, he was, I heard he was excellent by all accounts, yeah. So they're playing Limerick at home in the end of McGill Cup, and as we're recording, that is today on Wednesday, so you'll know the result when you hear this. And in the league, they're away to Cabin Tilly on Saturday at 2 o'clock. So, jam packed schedule for the lads. And the 17th had a week off with the water from Talent on Saturday at 2 pm. Our 15th beat Athlone 10 0 on Saturday at Rosedown. Four goals for Sinclair Armstrong and three for Noonan. Athlone had been the only team to take a point off them all season. Smashed and then we beat them 10 0 in the return game. Leaf out of senior team's book. And the 15th travelled to the Mayo League next, same time again, 2 o'clock on Saturday. Um, so, Waterford. On Sunday, uh, Carl was on the Gary Twig bus and nearly 50 people on it. So, yeah, great absolutely numbers. Absolutely jam packed. <laughs> I was in a bundle. Accusations made against you, Gary, that you're a part timer. <laughs> Who was this? A certain uh, club owner. <laughs> uh, no, Alex the Hun. Oh, have we got the Bosnian warlord? No, some new guy. Not even the Serbian. Apparently, all the drivers fight to get our bus because they love it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They know it's a bit of crack. Yeah, but what's on the bus? And none other than Ray Wilson sitting there, Gar. Good old Ray. Yeah. Slugging the cans Put on the, the way to Waterford. Reading his newspaper, he said like they all used to do, the buses back in the day. And also back in the day, he says, the, the age-old problem of uh, having to take a piss. He said they all used to just piss into a Wellington. What? And the Wellington would fill up and then you'd chuck it out the window. <laughs> was this a communal Wellington? I don't know. So would they use the one Wellington or would they all just bring one Welly with them? Good question. Well, I'm going to delve into he this. Didn't, didn't specify. But uh, yeah, uh, Fergus Desmond on the bus too. Has a bit of an American twang now, does Fergus. Because he's been living in the States for the last few years. We've, we've talked about goalkeeping crisis on this show, Garrett. But this was a real crisis. On the way to the game. The garage didn't have any cans. I heard about this. Connor Foley was telling me he said that nobody had cans because half twelve on a Sunday. Garrett, the panic. The panic. <laughs> there was a Saint Gannon fan with Where's us. Where's the cans? There was a Saint Gannon fan with us. And he looked like he was ready to kill someone because <laughs> there was no cans in this garage. Surely there was a stop yeah. off or a couple of bottles of wine in the garage. We did, yeah, Ray got some wine, and then the way back he, he bought everyone cans. So that Best was cool. Director ever, <laughs> Hammerby style. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we won 1-0 and Alan Manis finally making his second debut with Lukey Bourne, Greg Bulger, Brandon Kavanagh came in for Bazunu Kavanagh, Joey O'Brien and Sam Bone. So flat back four, although Bone had to replace the injured Eaton Boyle just after 13 minutes. And uh, how about that double save <laughs> from Manis? Let's go straight off the bat. Let's talk uh, about that. I watched it a few times again this morning. What a save. What I, a double save. I still expect Akinadi to score it every time I watch it back. Like how does he how does he keep that out? The juggernaut Alamanis. I love that it was out. I love that it was Akinadi as well. Because I'm not sure I was ready to see him running over to us and cupping his ears. Oh imagine now here, do you know what? Just send Connor Foley after him. Probably would have to go round two with Connor, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, just before that actually, L uh drilled a shot at on goal. And Manus actually caught it. In his sleep. Like, I don't know how many League of Iron keepers would have held on to that ball. Probably none. Yeah, in his sleep. He made day. it look like a piece he, of piss. He made it look easy. There was, that, there was a raspy shot. There was, there was venom on that. We all just look at each other like, he, he's after holding on to that. Mm. I liked uh, Kieran Stafford saying, singing Alan Manis' name after an away win 
felt like old times. Yeah. Felt like old school. Nostalgia. It was a great sports ball pick of him. His last game for us, where we won one nil away to Flora Talon. Mm. And then a picture of this game, also one nil away win, just side by side. Noticeably more mm. in shape as the yeah. years go on. And also a lot of people are saying, how many points, how many more points do we have now? If we had started with Manus and and Bazunu and Gold this I hate season, thinking about these things. I could really you know. imagine? We'd be up there. We'd be up there challenging. And um, so the double sub Green and Shaw came on, and Shawzy was a man possessed. Looked like his old self. Yeah, took a knock as well. He obviously what he's been lacking. Well, maybe maybe the injury has has played a part early on the season, but he's obviously been lacking confidence. That's what he needs. He needs a run in the team, and he needs to get his confidence back, and he had it in Waterford. So the way it is now, Shawzy, I think I'm 19 goals off. I'm just waiting for that Pat Tutty 50 quid. Get your wallet ready, Pat. You're on your way. I'm on my way. 19 more goals, and we're looking good. So describe describe the goal. Uh, Greg Bolger sprayed it out right to uh, Sam Bond. Great ball in. Because as you say, he, he replaced Boyle out there right back. And Bond, he controlled the well initially. But then he just let it bobble off his knee. So it looks like it might get away from him. Yeah. But then he whipped it in early. Took a bounce and, and yeah, Shazzy just shot himself at it. It was a very low cross and it took a bounce, as you said. Like, you'd never expect anyone to head that. And Shazzy was really brave sticking his head on that. Oh yeah, I said that I messaged Shazzy saying, fair play to you finally got a goal like, and, and he sent me a picture of, of him flying through the air going sorry keeps not today <laughs> <laughs> and interestingly he, he went down injured not not even 10 minutes before this um, it was kind of an awkward landing like he, he fell head first at the feet of Paul Keegan right and he didn't move for a while like play went on Finn ran off the ball but I was just looking at Shaw and like he didn't move and then Finn shot to hit the side then so now attention was brought back to Shaw and he still wasn't moving like just not moving at all and you're thinking right he, he hasn't played in the last six games he's made two sub appearances in the last nine and now he's injured he's got he was unlucky with a couple of injuries last year he's not scored a goal this year so a lot of us were thinking is this it is this it yeah is this, is his robber's career ended and then and then Dan Fulham compared to like Rocky's manager it's like get up <laughs> get up and the next thing he's scoring is outrageous header like he couldn't run. and it. then he was um, and then he, he was possessed by the ghost of Messi at one stage oh at the end where he dribbled through everybody and then he tried to dink it over the keeper I know excellent run but um, things were a little bit Gary at the end as well back and Addy hit the post man has had it off sorry man has had it <laughs> and but, uh, uh, yeah just like hanging on at the end uh, the tension in the in the stand it was something else because it wasn't like a you know a 1-0 in Limbrick where you're kind of expecting to win this was like this was a way to the third place team who were, had been 7 points ahead of us and like we're all we're kicking every ball and we're just staring at, the, our, at our, our phones at the time. Like, there was so much tension to stand waiting for this final whistle. It was like, it was mad. Massive three points yeah. towards our march towards Europe. 
And uh, st- standout performances <coughs> for you, Prof? I think like most people, Pigo, he just he just won everything. Um, he actually had a chance himself in the first few minutes of the game yeah. from a free kick. He just shot wide. But uh, yeah, Pigo, he's not someone we mention often. Maybe on the show even. Like, Fantastic we, player to have in your team. Like we, we tend to mention Grace and O'Brien lately. But, but that that back three of O'Brien, Grace and Pico is, is an excellent back three. Excellent. Yeah. And when we do put that formation out and play in that style, the three of them are very hard to get by. So I'm definitely a big fan of Pico. Yeah, in midfield, I thought Joel kind of, he gave the ball away a lot, to be honest. Finner kind of went a bit quiet second half, although, as always, he's a machine. Like, just... Easily does 10 Never, never stops running. Easy, like up, right up to injury time, he was he was up there trying to win the ball, and a lot of similarities to Dundalk last year because like last July, immediately after we came home from the Czech Republic, the Shawsy swivel. Yeah, our Europa League campaign was finished. We travelled to Dundalk, who were above us in the league. A three o'clock kickoff, on a very warm Sunday, and we won one nil. With, with the Shazi Silva and 1-0 again with Shaz I tell you what the only European hangover is, is, is the fans <laughs> the fans that's a great line <laughs> and look at it now you can see we're 4 points behind them and our goal difference is a lot healthier than theirs it's 11 better so we're, we're in a good position and like I said hindsight is great and all but imagine we had a, got a couple of good results at the start of the season it's just it, it pains me oh, big win big win and Noel Hunt uh, was applauded by Rovers fans when he came off the bench for Waterford, so um, still a fan's favourite. Yeah. Hunty. How did he look when he came on? It looked lively. I think he, he nearly had a chance at one yeah. stage. I'm a scored. And the attendance, 2,400 just about in the RSC. Um, yeah, 150 or so. Big hoops contingent as well. 150 or so went to both Sweden and Waterford, which... You know, fair play to everyone who did that. Great show, our fantastic attendance for for anyone who went. I mean, you you have to. I mean, I I couldn't make it, couple of reasons. <laughs> but um, bring back Sunday three o'clock kickoffs. Yeah, apparently everybody's delighted with that. Would you Would you be a fan of it? Would you be a fan of Sunday three o'clock in Tala? I don't know about Tala, but I love the away ones. You'd get to nearly every game, in fairness. In fairness, I do like Friday nights in Tala. Yeah, there's something about it. But the only way you can never experience it, because we, we've never experienced three o'clock kickoffs on Sundays uh, for home games, so it, it'd be interesting. But the only way you can experience it is to go through a full season of it. So mm. I don't know, would our atten- is Sunday more of a family day for people? Would they? That, that's what it was back in the day in Milltown. Yeah. It won't be happening anytime soon, though. I don't think it's it's. Uh, I don't think we can actually we can choose that. Though, can we? Can we choose to have our games on Sunday yeah. at 3 o'clock? I remember Bray went to Saturdays Yeah, for I remember. I mean, weren't we on Saturdays? Sligo or Saturdays. Were we Saturdays when we first moved to Tala? Yeah, we were, yeah. Yeah, yeah so on to Key Fatty and some nice words from him. He tweeted, Rovers quality starting to shine through. Could continue on the run. They were on. Great additions made during the window as well. What a setup. Other clubs watch and learn. <laughs> so he is definitely trying to get a coaching role because I know he has his badges. <laughs> so, so he's looking at... He's trying to get yeah. in there in the coaching team. Good All man, right. Keith. Still waiting on the, on on you to clean me kitchen floor. Alan Connolly uh, gave us no credit at all after the first leg. He he was full of praise on Twitter after the, after the second so? leg. Did you really expect? But I find it hard to take people seriously though, because could you not see what happened in the first leg? Yeah, we fell asleep with the goal, 
But look how well we played. Yeah, definitely. So why? How could you like just shit on that first leg performance? Like I don't get it. And because that's what people like to do. They see rowers, they like to shit on them. It's just the way it is. It's it's, it's literally just the way it is. So we're gonna move on to Prof's favorite segment now: is predicting matches. I'm going to step outside for a moment. <laughs> and our next four games, these, these 12 points here, obviously there's 12 points, mm. or there's three points for every game, but look at the next four games. Sligo at home, Bowles at home, Bray away and Limerick at home. We should be beating Sligo at home. Bowles, different kettle of fish, Derby, but we should be beating them. Take out the Derby mentality, Bray away, tricky place to go, I have been for the last few years. They're in turmoil, we should be beating them. And Limerick at home, that's 12 points for me. I'm going to call it now 12 points, right? We got four points from those fixtures earlier in the season. Jesus oh, Christ. No, 12 points, right? That's what I'm saying. 12 points. And then Waterford. Waterford and Limerick away, which they'll probably win on that cow patch. Cork at home. The Derby, the or whatever they call it. Derby away. To a struggling Derby, but still, Brandywell's a tough trip. And Pats away on that narrow pitch where they already lost this season. Really all we need to do, because we're at home to Waterford on the second last day of the season. We just need to be within a couple of points of them. Yeah. I think this is the this is the time now, the next couple of weeks, is when we will overtake them. And let's let's hope that that game against Waterford won't be as important as we think it will be. Mm. If we do the business in the next couple of weeks and they drop points, they will drop points. They're in a bit of a, not a crisis now, but they're starting to drop points. They've had a wobble for a while now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm really confident. Really confident for the next couple of weeks. And uh, I think our tenses might get a little bit better as well because, I mean, look look what's going on. I think we have a new video coming out as well soon. Uh, nothing beats being there coming out soon. I think it's in the next couple of days. You mean like a second yeah. version of it? Yeah, I'm nearly sure there is coming out. And just the match day in general, it's just a fantastic occasion. So Sligo's going to be a good one on Friday. But the news came out that Shawzy nearly left the club before the Waterford game. Up the north to Glen Avner, Glen Torrin, which one? One of those. Well, there, was, there was talk of balls and pats too. But, but he wants did. to stick around and fight for his place. But he turned down the Glen Torrin move, yeah. So he wants to stick around and fight for his place, and he it worked out well for us in the end because Shaw's been a fantastic servant. Player of the year last year, it just hasn't worked out this year. But now you could say I'm just trying to win that 50 quid off of Pat Tutty, <laughs> but it's. Uh, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Shaw's. I think he's wears his heart in his sleeve. And uh, it just hasn't worked out from this season, but I think I think he's a good a good squad member. Yeah, everyone who's listened to the show knows we're, we're massive fans of Shawzy. And goals for any club in the year twenty eighteen: Shaw one, Green zero. <laughs> there are backup strikers to Danny Kerr. Uh, well, on, and that's onwards the, and uppers, as we and say. And that's the thing, though. Um, Green is a utility player. I think he's been brought in as that. So let's say Lukey Bourne is injured and we were struggling for a left full. Aaron Green's going to play left full. Play left full for Sligo. He can play up front. He can play in the hall. I think the only position he can play is centre half. So he probably could do a job there. So Green is pretty much a utility player. So um, you wouldn't you wouldn't even put him down as a striker. So our, our, own, our backup strikers have a goal. Our backup strikers, anyone other than Carr. How many goals has Carr got this season? He's got eight. A and our other strikers have won yeah it's so hard to find a goal scorer isn't it but uh, in the media Stephen Bradley said that Gavin Bazunu is staying until he completes his leave insert next year at least so excellent 
excellent news great news let that price tag just climb and climb and uh, Linda Murphy O'Connor said this she said uh, one of the first questions Aiden Price asked Arison this year before he, he re-signed was uh, what's your plans your schooling comes first if you want time out for study for leaving just say it uh, and what plans have you for after your leaving cert brilliant and then he talked football brilliant excellent really professional like like I said sh- big shout out to Ray Wilson once again on the Business of Sport podcast it was an excellent listen giving you a little bit of an idea of how the club is run behind the scenes telling us about the Ashfield College connection talking about our budget talking about all that stuff it was it was really interesting to hear what goes on behind the scenes and quite honest as well and they revealed the Berkey figure 300,000 with a sell on clause so a nice few quid coming in there talking about our budget being the cuts of 2 million a year and, and how we're really pushing our our you roll song project it was a great listen so check it out it's on SoundCloud the business of sport Rovers fan presents it as well which is good to know We've got friends in the podcast world who are Rovers fans as well. And he knew a lot. So it was just him and Ray chatting about Rovers. I think the other guy was trying to get a, a look in. just like, yeah, you just shut up. Me and Ray are going to talk here. <laughs> but uh, um, Tomar Khenchinsky's contract was cancelled by mutual consent. And he posted a very emotional goodbye message. So we wish Tomar all the best. And um, good luck in your future endeavours, Tomar. Yeah, I mean, I think I speak for everyone. Like, a really nice guy. And he bought into the club. I mean, he was coaching with the under-19s. Always had time for people. Yeah. Best warm-ups ever. <laughs> you ever seen him warming up? Oh, yeah. Was that the... <laughs> Pats. The, oh, the bounty thing. The bounty. The, <laughs> <laughs> was the bounty thing. Yes, I actually don't know what it's called. <laughs> a squat. A bounty thing. He was yeah. hopping around. And, um, yeah, so good luck to him. And wherever he ends up. Um, Mikey O'Connor has signed for Linfield as well that's um, I was surprised enough by that because he got more cards than he got goals at Finn Harps but uh, it could work out for him so big move for him up to uh, Linfield and we won't be signing Anto Stokes as well he's off to the Middle East to play for Tractor Sazi under John Toshak in the Iranian League I think it's Iran and uh, I was checking them out and it's just a, it's a strange move it's been thrown cash from is he playing a 60,000 seater stadium so that's him uh, let's see him try to get a gargle over there <laughs> how long before he's AWOL um, two weeks uh, so Bradzer, uh he was one of the 14 coaches to complete your wife a pro license so um, congrats to Bradzer, and it was all all Irish lads wasn't it I think it was all Irish coaches. But it's definitely a good few completed. So that's Brad's done and dusted with his UEFA Pro license. So he is officially legit. And now, yes, yeah, so we're going to move on. We're going to go for starting 11s and predictions. Yeah, so um, I'm going to go with Manus and go. I'm going to stick with Manus after his heroics in uh, Waterford. Left full. I'm By the way, you should mention... Uh Fishy the word was that Gavin Bazuna had a tie strain. Oh, I didn't know that. But at the time, we were all thinking, oh, good move, putting Manus in. That's what I was thinking. Keep him happy, whatever, you know. But, but now I'm going to stick with Manus. I think yeah. uh, he's, he, he'd be, I mean, he's just a, the ultimate professional. I'm going to stick with him a goal. Eden Boyle possibly still injured. Joey O'Brien could be injured. Um, 
Mm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna presume Eden is injured, right? And I'm gonna go right full Joey, centre half Pico and Grace, left full Lukey. I'm gonna start in the middle of the park. I'm gonna have Greg and Dylan Watts and Finn. I don't think we can change that. That's that's an excellent midfield tree. So I'm gonna put Dylan Watts in behind Denny Carr in a four-five-one. Gonna have Finn and Bulger in the middle. Greg, and I'm gonna have Joel Coustron and. I'm going to give Aaron Green his first start on the wing. Left wing, Joel on the right, Finn, Watts and Bulger in the middle behind Danny Carr. And the boys at the back, so give us a shout. That's 4 5 one. What are you going for, Prof? So you've dropped Sean Cavanagh there. Interesting. Yeah. I will play... No, do you know what? Actually, I'm putting Sean Cavanagh at left full. Rather than... Yeah, I'll put okay. my left full instead of Lukey Bourne. Um... Yeah, I, I I like your team. I, I'm going to bring in Aaron Green for his first start as well. Yeah, let's see how he gets on. On the wing. Uh, but instead of Greg Bolger, I'm going to play Brandon Kavanagh. Oh, yes. So you'll have a, a trio of attacking midfielders there. Mm-hmm. It's like at home, like, come on. That's what we don't want to be thinking. Oh, no, like. we're going to we draw now, We, we don't want to be thinking like that. What have that. I done? Well done, Maloney's <laughs> going to burst you. <laughs> Uh, so my prediction is I'm going to say another clean sheet for Manus and I'm going to say nil all in the first half and then a nice three goals in the second half I'd say we're going to come out and pummel them it's going to be one of those games where it's kind of the first half passes by and then we come out and blitz them alright I go 3-0 3-0 lovely so we're pretty much the same so stats prof give us some starts some stat darts yeah Bobby Best was sitting beside uh, Ray Wilson on the bus and you brought up my stat that uh, that was Rovers' 27th appearance in Europe, as in our 27th season. Okay. And uh, Ray actually couldn't believe that that was the balls that held the record all the way up until now. Don't you know we've broken the record? Yeah, great little record to break. Because balls like, qualified a lot in the 70s and stuff. And we didn't qualify much between you know the 90s to the late 2000s. So hopefully we'll add to that. Yeah, After and this uh, season. I mentioned already Ronald Finn equaled Johnny Fulham's record 19 Europe- yeah. European appearances and against Ligo he's set to make his 170th league appearance for Rovers equaling Gary McCabe for the highest number of league games played by any Rovers player since Talla oh stat and a half yeah. loving that so the Belpian won't say the score isn't he <laughs> break the record and score and uh, Sligo have never kept a clean sheet in Talla never so they will now sorry <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just looking up best uh, goalkeeping streaks so in the league uh, the best Homer did was two in a row okay did it three times best Kevin Horgan did was two in a row okay did it twice the best Manus ever ma- ever managed in his first battle with us was actually only four to start of 2011 right and Bazuna was already equal that he did four in a row so we've got five league creations in a Five league clean sheets in a row at the moment. It's the best run since we actually did eight under Fenlon because we did five at the end of 2014 right. and three at the, at the start of 2015. So eight total. So, if so we, that doesn't really count in fairness. Yeah, so you might be interested in a single season stat. So if we were to do six in a row, it would be for the first time since the 2006 First Division that we've done that in one season and it would be the first time we've done it in the top flight 
since Jody Byrne kept nine in a row. Jesus Christ. In 1984. Fucking Stadzilla. Unbelievable. And finally, there's one more, believe it or not. Come on. It's the first time we've used four goalkeepers in one season since 2005. I saw this one when we were relegated. I saw this on Facebook, I think. Twitter. People were calling out for it, weren't they? <laughs> so that was um, we had Russell Payne, the American, in goal. He played the first nine, didn't keep a clean sheet. Barry Murphy came in for his debut against Waterford in May, so he he stayed in goal for the rest of the season. Right. But then the relegation playoff against Dublin City, he had an ankle injury early into the second half, had to come off injured. So John Blake came in. Right. He made a howler and we lost 2 1. So then Alan, Alan O'Neill, the caretaker manager, he was like, I can't, I can't play John Blake for the biggest game in Rovers history. Yeah. So he says, Who do I call? So he calls John Walsh, who hadn't played a league game for two years. So John's just sitting on the couch? Well, no, he was playing Gaelic football. Right. So he was still active. But he was 36 and he retired a year and a half ago, hadn't played in two years. Jesus. And that was his only ever league game for Rovers. Are you serious? And we drew one all and got relegated. Can you imagine, imagine being, imagine that. Obviously, we weren't, we weren't around <laughs> then. But imagine that, the biggest game, and they ring some old lad who's playing for fucking Fogs or Guys Club or whatever, and they're like, yeah, listen, jumping goal there, most important <laughs> game ever. Just stick well, yourself in there. Apparently, I didn't see him play either. Apparently, he was a decent keeper. Fucking madness. But. Uh, yeah, so um, that is it for today, and we're on TV again, unfortunately, and it's never to our benefit. Probably going to hit us for our attendance. So it's air sport anyway. Eight o'clock kickoff. Bar opens at six. Go and get your points. Probably going to be Carlsberg and Bud Boys over three for a tenner. Let's see what Ray can cook up if he can uh, if he can match the Dengrona Jagerin burgers. Surely he can. Um, top the Swedish meatballs. Oh, I'd say so. Ray is a he's a bit of a connoisseur when it comes to the grub. Uh, what else have we got? We've got brand new merch in the shop. Go in, spend a few quid. And of course, the junior hoops will have the money. And if you've won any profits collecting a nice 100 quid. Don't mind if I do. I'm collecting a 25 quid straight into the bar. Points. And uh, yeah, so definitely can't wait for Sligo. Get yourselves down to Block M. It's quite funny that we both won, isn't it? I know, yeah, it's gas. I'm shut out fix. But uh, we have only eight badges left, so make sure you get you get that once in a lifetime test from the East End badge. We will actually be at the East End this time, not at the other one. So uh, that's it for this week, guys. We'll see you in the East End and keep on hooping. See you. Oh, yeah.